This podcast episode mentions bipolar disorder, OCD, anxiety, depression, ADD, insomnia, religion, suicidal ideation, and suicidal attempts. These are our personal stories and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Hello, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Anne's Life Happened. I'm your co-host, Samantha. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. On this episode, we will be talking with Lisa and Nicole. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hi, good morning. I'm Lisa. I'm Nicole. Welcome. Lisa, tell us your story. Okay. Um, I have OCD and I've struggled with it since um, my first pregnancy, which is when I think it was triggered. And before then I had, you know, a great childhood, you know, great parents, loving parents, and again, had a nice uh, childhood. But once I got pregnant, that's when everything um, went downhill. Um, It affected my marriage. Um, It it affected my relationships with my family members, um, with friends. And I was ashamed to talk about it because at the time, Um, I didn't know about it. I'm 56 years old. So at 24 is when I got pregnant and OCD wasn't a household name like it is now. Um, And so I kind of had to figure out on my own what was going on with me. And I didn't want to share it with anybody because um, I knew I wasn't crazy, but I knew something was wrong. You know, I knew I was taking two hour showers. I wouldn't even tell my doctor what was going on because again, I was scared. Okay, what are they going to do? You know, put me in um, a psychiatric hospital or something. But as I was, um, you know, going through things and I remember back then watching talk shows and um, shows like 2020 and I learned that um, other people were going through things that were similar to mine. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's what I'm going through. And so um, when I got pregnant with my second child, I was even worse. And that's when I learned about, um, again, what OCD was. So um, after I had my child, my my second child, I decided to go on medication because um, I had learned about it and that that would help. So that's what I did. And um, that helped. But there was times that I stopped taking the medication because I thought I was doing well. Mm -hmm. In actuality, I wasn't. It was, um, I mean, I was doing well, but coming off, um, I went down because um, mm-hmm. it was the medication that was helping me. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so through the years, um, it affected my marriage where my husband um, left me for somebody else and um, it was a difficult time, but, you know, I was trying to get through it and we got back together. And after that, you know, we got divorced. And again, that played a huge part of it because he didn't understand what I was going through. And it was very hard for him. So again, that's where, you know, somebody else has their side of their story. And um, so that's, you know, that would be his, but um, through the years um, of going through different things, um, I was able to live through it. I mean, they were very difficult times. And again, you know, my other family members had a hard time understanding. So coming off fast forward a few years to, fast forward to a couple years ago where, um, things really went downhill. Um, I got very depressed because of a situation that happened and, um, and my OCD was triggered and I hadn't Mm -hmm. been taking medication for my OCD. 
uh, for a long time because I was well, but I was diagnosed with bipolar. You could tell by, you know, my fast speech and stuff like that. And um, I was on medication for that. And so I started taking medication for uh, my OCD again, but the medicines that I were, was taking um, had a bad um, interaction. So it was a pretty bad mm-hmm. cocktail of medications that I was taking because I needed to take medications for insomnia. And, and what I found myself doing was getting very angry when I would get overwhelmed with OCD. And so on a few occasions, I attempted to take my life because of it, because I got so overwhelmed and I figured there's nothing else I can do. And, you know, and I'm a Christian and I'm, you know, and I believe in the Lord and stuff like that. People with um, mental illness can still be a Christian and love Jesus. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, yeah. you know, where's your faith? Where's your faith? But yeah. they don't realize that mental illness is an illness and, mm-hmm. um, you don't, mm-hmm. um, want to take your life just be for no reason. You know, I've heard people say that people that, you know, try to take their life are selfish. And I don't agree with that because you don't know no. what somebody is. Right. And, you know, I, and that's what I had heard years before. And that always stuck with me. It's like, no, that's not true because somebody again, that takes, would take their life. It's because they're in so much pain, not that they want to hurt somebody or show somebody that, Hey, I'll show mm-hmm. you. Um, it's because, you know, of true, true pain. And so, um, I, I got through that. Um, and, you know, fast forward to right now, my cousin and I are trying to bring awareness to mental illness. And so we do videotape, um, what I do off the cuff, kind of like what we're doing right now, um, just to show the reality of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll tell her, Hey, you know, this is what I'm going through. You might want to videotape it. And she'll respond with, you know, her sarcastic sense of humor because she doesn't understand what I'm going through and thinks it's absolutely ridiculous, which is fine because again, there's, um, the sufferer and the one that has to live with the sufferer. And, um, again, we deal with it with uh, our sarcastic humor, because that's how we've always dealt with our life difficulties is with humor um, to get through it and to encourage others that it's okay to go through things. And it doesn't matter what people label you or say about you. Uh, All that matters is what you know, what you're going through. You know, to me, all that matters is what the Lord thinks of me. And he thinks of all of us um, with great love and care. And so you have to brush it off and just, you know, live life um, to the best of your ability and get through it. And that's how we're, what we're trying to do is by, you know, again, showing the real stuff as it happens. And again, with our humor to encourage others to, you know, go forward and persevere. And then again, it encourages me to try harder because I feel accountable that, you know, Lisa, you have to try harder to get better with OCD and fight it because you have to be an example for other people. And I am so grateful. And I believe there's hope for mental illness and it's just getting the right help. And, you know, that means it's different ways for different people. And, um, so that's about it for both of you. When did you move in together in January of this year? Yeah. So Lisa's house had a a little bit of water damage. So, um, she asked, you know, if she could, if she could stay here for a while while they did the repairs. And so she's been here since January. And then will you move back into your own place when the repairs are done? Yes. Yes. So I'll be moving up. But again, we have a close relationship. So, you know, we're still in each other's lives, whether we talk, you know, for a few months or not. Um, we have a very loving, close relationship. 
And Nicole's always been there for me and has always been, even though she doesn't understand OCD, she's always had compassion. And again, um, the way she approaches uh, my OCD with so much love and humor has made it so much easier to do this and to fight to get better to help other people. I love that. So I have a question, Lisa, um, and I'm thinking about before and now, um, Nicole seems like a huge part of your community um, as somebody who, I mean, you've talked a lot about how um, she's there for you, you have this relationship, you understand each other and don't understand each other all in the same breath, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but you did go through a time in your life where um, I would say you probably had very little community hearing your story where, um, you know, your husband didn't understand. And so really wasn't there. You were, you know, your friends, your family, all of that also struggling to try and understand um, how, how, how do you work through that? Because you did, you worked through it somehow. How do you work through that when your community group is pretty non-existent? Well, I know that when the first person I told was a great friend that tremendously helped me even to this day, um, my friend Patty's always been there for me and will always be there for me. And she was a tremendous help. So um, way back, she was the only person I felt like I could, you know, share my story with that would have compassion. And she always did. And she was always understanding. So through time, um, I was able to slowly share my story. And again, it came to a point where I didn't care what anybody thought, you know, because I tried to hide it for so long because it's like, I know nobody would understand what I was going through, but it came to a point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. And I'll let people, what they think of me, uh, what they want of me. So if I have to sit there and wash my hands 20 times and they want to sit there and say, you know, what are you doing? That's dumb. It's like, I don't care, you know, say what you want, but this is what I'm going through. And I'm not going to try to hide it and suffer the consequences of not washing my hands at a later time mm -hmm. because I wanted to, um, um, hide what I was going through from somebody. So it just became easier. And, um, you know, I'm a caregiver for my 91 year old mother and my sister that also has physical and mental challenges. So, um, within the last couple of years, I was their main care, main caregiver and trying to go through OCD and trying to help them the best that I could, um, uh, became very difficult. And, um, but again, you know, I keep trying to explain, Hey, this is what I'm going through. Please be patient. Please understand. And again, although my family at times doesn't understand and haven't been able to understand, they uh -huh. still love me and they still care. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, so and um, been, and been, passion have been, huge. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. And again, it's caused a lot of difficulties in my family at times, but again, we're, we're still together, no matter how dysfunctional it has made our family. Um, we still love each other and care for each other and are always there for each other. Um, that's something I think I, I hear, I've heard a lot when people share their stories about like when it relates to mental illnesses, because people often can't understand unless they live in it, right? Like, unless they're the one experiencing it, it's Correct. really hard for somebody to truly ever understand. And so there's like this almost barrier. Um, and, and I hear you're saying like what you are saying to people is 
basically, I know you can't understand. I don't expect you to, but I need you to be compassionate. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yes, exactly. Uh Uh And, you know, it's Uh funny because I had a hard time years ago being compassionate because when I would hear, um, you know, people that were depressed or anything, it's like, oh my gosh, get over it. And Uh I'm grateful to the Lord because I know he used this in my life to learn how to have compassion on people for whatever they're going through. So as much as I hate everything that I've gone through with mental illness, I'm grateful for it because I'm able to understand um, whatever somebody else may be going through it, even though I'm not going through it, just to have that compassion. So um, Mm -hmm. there's good that comes out of it as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I have nothing to complain about because again, my blessings outweigh my trials. I don't care what anybody says or thinks about me. And I want people to also know not to dwell on what people think or label you as. It doesn't matter, you know, because as long as you know what you're going through and you understand it, just keep um, persevering and you're going to be yeah. okay. And again, I'm trying to find those people that'll be loving and compassionate around you makes a huge difference. Like, yeah. again, uh- situation with my cousin how did you get to the point where you could kind of uh push back what people were saying about you and instead focus on your internal thoughts and stuff instead of what everybody else was saying I think um it was because of so many years going through it um that it I I just became open and um little by little um, wanted to help other people. And the only way you can help somebody else is by sharing your story to say, Hey, it's okay. If you're going through something and that made it easier. And, um, so yeah, it was just, I guess a process, you know, going through it for so long and just finally getting to that point. But it's like, I don't want people to have to go through years and years of having mm-hmm. to suffer. Silence. I want them to know now it's like, who cares? Say what you got to say. It's like when I see somebody that I think may have OCD, because I used to work um, at um, a place that did invitations and people would come in and they're all, oh, can you move this to the right or to the left? I'm all, you know, so I would question them and then I would encourage them, hey, you know, it's okay and talk to them. So we would, you know, discuss what they were going through. And then, you know, I just showed that, hey, I understand and you could do this. And so I love encouraging and I love having compassion. Um, Nicole, I'm curious from your vantage point, um, because you, uh, you are living with right now with the person and supporting the person, um, who, you know, has OCD and has like some other mental illness things happening. How, like, how is that for you? So I'm a pretty easygoing personality. Things don't really bother me. I don't get worked up over things. I don't get mad. Like I don't, I don't understand it. But at the same time, I mean, even as a kid, you know, I'm a few years younger than her. I was her flower girl. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I remember like as a kid, like not being able to see her because she wouldn't be able to, you know, come out when she was, you know, going Mm -hmm. through this Mm -hmm. stuff and, you know, like spending time with like her kids, which are my cousins. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't get to see them a lot, like when we were young. Um, and so like, I'm, I'm always like the type of person, like I try, you know, and it's kind of always, it's, it's also been my downfall is like trying to fix people and trying to help people. And, you know, it's like, not everybody, you know, has good intentions, you know, with that, but, um, you know, Lisa and I've always had a good relationship. Like we've always, you know, we've always had fun, you know, she, 
she's good and she'll come around for six months and I'll see her every day and then she'll go through something and I won't talk to her for a year. And then I just know, you know, it's no, it's nothing against me. It's just what she's going through. And I just kind of, kind of let her write it out. And, and then, you know, she'll pop back up when she's feeling better. And, um, so it's, you can't understand it. It doesn't make sense to a normal Mm -hmm. mind. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, I do understand there is, you know, mental illness and it's nothing that anybody can control. So you just kind of try to accept it Mm -hmm. and just, you know, be as kind about it as you can. And she's been awesome. I can't even, you know, describe in words how great and how helpful she's been um, while I've been here. And that's helped so tremendously to move forward. Yeah, you know, because there's been times where I was getting better, and then I I took a dive, and mm-hmm. again, the last part of it was you know trying to take my own life, and it's like I want to live, I want to help people, I want to encourage, and um, again, I've got to do this not only for myself but for other people to know that there's hope, and and okay. to fight, and that all you know, you could do it, you could do it. Mm-hmm. And there are people that care and love you and, you know, just to hopefully find that support. Mm-hmm. What do you do for self-care? Um, for, uh, I mean, for self-care, I mean, for me, it's like, I love the Lord and he, um, you know, having my faith in the Lord is what um, carries me through knowing that I'm loved and mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't do it without him and I'm grateful for him and for everything that he's allowed in my life so that I could grow and to have a purpose in life. And, you know, as we talk, you know, you talked about resiliency as well. I think for some people, sometimes just trying to get to the next breath is being resilient, Yep. you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because life can be so overwhelmingly difficult. So I just wanted to share that before I forgot, but Nicole, please share oh, your self-care. God, what do I do for self-care? I'm not a, I, she gets her hair done and her face. And <laughs> I mean, that's like just the normal, like girl stuff though. Right. You know? Um, so like but I mentioned, you self-care know, it is, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it I have really my, I have my does her eyelashes, oh, yeah. <laughs> get spray tanned, you know, <laughs> no, but you know, I have, you know, I have my, my boys, um, they, they're big into sports. I'm a huge sports person. Um, I run two businesses, both sports related. Um, so I mean, that's, that's kind of my love. And so it's, it's, it's my life, but it's also my, my sanity as well. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I love sports. I love baseball. I that, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and giving back through that, you know, is what makes me happy. Um, so other than the, you know, the normal girly stuff. <laughs> do, do, do those things fill your bucket, Nicole? Yes. 100%. Yeah. You know, t- team mom and organizing, you know, our, our tr- out of state tournaments. And, um, I own like a batting cage training facility for baseball and softball and just being able to give back to my community through that, um, that, you know, that's, that's what I, that's what I love. And that's what I know I was put here for. One thing um, that I've heard a lot, uh, and we talk about this a lot, and, and um, I talk about this a lot in my own story, even like the idea of hope. Um, Jessica and I talk about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, in your darkest moment, sometimes that's all that's there is that little tiny shimmer 
that might help you to kind of keep going forward? Uh, like how, um, how have you kind of held on to that um, with the ups and the downs? Because it isn't always steady. Like you've alluded to that multiple times. It's not steady. Sometimes you're doing really well and flying high and then other times bottom, bottom, bottom. So how do you hold on to hope? Um, again, for me, it's my faith. And I'll just give you an example. Um, you know, the times that I've tried to take my life, it's like, again, I would pray, Lord, again, I know this isn't the way to do it, but I'm in so much pain. But again, I know that I'm so loved. So again, it's having that faith that gets me through every day. It's like when I'm going through things, just praying, praying without ceasing, Lord, help me through this. And that's my source of comfort. And um, again, knowing that there is, you know, eternal hope you know, in the Lord. And I truly believe it with all my heart because mm -hmm. it's changed my life in so many different ways. Again, that doesn't, it's like somebody with mental illness. It doesn't mean that I'm going to stop having mental illness, just like somebody that has cancer might have cancer for the rest of their lives, but you know, might go into remission. Um, but they, you know, still have, or like diabetes or, you know, high blood pressure. It doesn't go away just because you believe in God. I mean, we just all go through different things and um, we just, you know, um, for me, I just hold on to the Lord for hope. And like I said, on this time, it's like doing and exposing myself publicly that I've wanted to do uh, is making it easier. Um, because again, I have to give others, um, that hope that there is hope for getting better, you know, mm -hmm. and I want to be that example to keep Yeah, We talked we talk about that a lot about, you know, um, the sharing of your story, you know, um, like it is often super hard to be able to share your own story and be vulnerable, but, um, it also can be cathartic, um, on many levels, but it also can also help somebody else. Um, that got me through a lot with listening to other people's stories and being like, oh, I'm not alone. No, you're not, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Because we're all going through something, whether somebody wants to admit it or not. Yeah. Everybody has some kind of fear or insecurity, you know, because if not, we'd be perfect mm -hmm. and none of us are, you know, it's like, what's normal, normal to mm -hmm. everybody's different. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so it's like, I'd love to tell, you know, my whole story, but I mean, there's so much, that's why I just kept it as vague as possible because it's like, I'd be here for hours and, you know, mm -hmm. you me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa and Nicole, do you have any, uh, anything else you want to make sure everybody hears? I think for me, just to know that there's hope and to not care what anybody says, and it's okay to express yourself and, um, without having to give excuses for what you're going through. Because you don't have to justify mental illness, just like somebody doesn't have to um, justify a physical illness. It's an illness and it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to go through with it and it's okay to get help just to get better. Thank you for listening to And Life Happened. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will continue to listen to and like our podcast. If you would like to support our podcast, you can do so by sharing this with others to build our community of resilience. To stay updated on the latest information, please follow us at at and underscore life happened on Instagram. If you would like to share your life happened story of resilience, 
please complete the form in our Instagram bio. These are our personal stories, and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Thank you.